1: Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' high-scoring win over Vancouver, plus a juicy Jets trade rumor enters the conversation.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it after a weekend off. Hope you guys are doing well. I mean, tough not to be doing well after the Jets connected on the extra point and put the TD past the Vancouver Canucks, the sorry Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, pretty entertaining game for the club. On a Sunday afternoon out here in Winnipeg. So everybody's probably feeling good, doing well. Um, I know my co host is doing good, feeling well, all that. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki joining us once again and doing so on
0: his birthday. How about that? Happy birthday, little brother. Thank you. Thank you. It's, we're getting old. Oh, shut up.
1: Just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I, I would say how old you are, but the fact that it starts with a two means that the getting old thing doesn't... You, you don't get to do that for another, like, eight years. <laughs> um,
0: Any plans for the big day? You just got off work. Any plans tonight? Not tonight. I got another shift tomorrow, but after tomorrow, I'm going to go out for a nice, nice birthday dinner. So you're not doing the dinner... Because, like, I... My, my birthday is, like, I
1: meticulously plan out each and every meal that i'm having as well as the snacks so you're just like you're, you're gonna take a breather today and then postpone it a few days later
0: yeah for sure and then just, what,
1: what's, just, sorry what what's what's the plan for the birthday dinner a few days from now
0: um think i'm gonna head over to nola and enjoy some jaren <laughs> some, some plates it's gonna be very good very excited
1: if you haven't been to chef emily's nola um, out there in Saint Boniface, yeah, yeah, you might wanna, you might wanna head down there immediately. It's it's it's
0: pretty top notch, especially if you love like the tapas shared plates, yeah. like you said there. It's, yeah, honest it's... tapas is just the best to me. Like that's my favorite style of going out to eat because I think we're in the same like mode. Like
1: I love appy platters. That's yeah. like my favorite thing in the world, and tapas is just fancy appy platters yeah this <laughs> cost sure. you about it costs you about 80 bucks more than it than an happy planner would but like yeah you get like eight dishes try a little bit of everything it's the way to go so that's gonna be good i'm excited that's that's yeah that's a high-end spot would love to get emily butcher on um tried to a little while back but you know when you when you go on a run to the top of top chef canada that you open your own restaurant you, you tend to be a little bit busy so hasn't worked out yet, but maybe we'll make that happen. Uh, But yeah, check out NOLA if you're looking for a little bit of a Tapas fix uh, sometime here in the new year. Well, let's switch gears to why everybody actually is listening to the podcast, although I'm sure people are very, you know, waiting with bated breath about Tyson and his birthday plans. Um, But a big win for the Jets once again. The vibes continue to be high 7 4 over the Vancouver Canucks. And pretty obvious to me, Tyson, what the main story is out of the explosive victory for the Jets. Not not quite a star is born. And I don't want to say stars are born. But ooh, we got a new contender for top line in the NHL because Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers look like they're pretty good at hockey. So this is going to be fun watching this moving forward. I mean... I I I kind of threw a little bit of cold water on, not on them as a whole, but just on it maybe taking some time. You have you know Nick Ehlers being out for however long he was and the type of injury that he had usually takes a little while for guys to get back to full strength and everything like that. Um, I thought it might be a week or two. Turns out that it was about two and a half periods uh, because they absolutely erupted and Vancouver had. Nowhere near to an answer on stopping that trio in that game. Cal uh, Connor continues to be white hot. DuBois is, I think, very quietly putting up a 100-point season as of right now. And then, you know, you throw in Nikolai Ehlers as the juice and the tertiary option there. I think things are going to be pretty well. But man, oh man, that that was that was everything Jets fans could have hoped for, seeing those three out there lighting it up like that. Maybe highlighted by that first tic tac toe goal, um, but they didn't really slow down the rest of the night. I mean, they didn't slow down until Kyle Connor's hatty late in the game. It was just nonstop, and it's it's really hard not to get excited about the potential of five more seasons. But at least for the rest of this season,
0: yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and I mean, like you mentioned, like we thought that this would take what a month, couple weeks for the team to really gel, and it's like they didn't even haven't even missed a beat, just having. Ealer's back in and just producing like like the pace that he's producing all like an all star at the beginning of the year. I mean, granted it was only one two or three games, but he looked really good in those first three games, and he's looked good since. And it's like with two winners like Eli- Ehlers and Connor, who just have that tendency to kind of hang on to the puck and rag around the offensive zone, and then having a guy like Dubois like as a as Bill Clement would have put it from the NHL video games as a, a junkyard dog on raw hamburger below the, below the goal line, getting those pucks. I think that's stylistically, that's such a great line. Those, those three players really just complement each other. Great. And I think one of the more underrated things that's developed over this season so far is the chemistry that Ehlers and Connor do have together. And it's very, it's very intriguing going forward to seeing those two Two type of dynamic players just being able to find each other on the ice at all times. So it's, I'm so excited to see what's what's coming up, and it's it's crazy. We're already getting like close to halfway through yeah. January, and now, hey, it's going to be a wild scene to see what this team looks like in a month's time.
1: I know, I know, I, and it's funny you mentioned video games too because they're they're kind of like the the old school. You put a playmaker, a sniper, and a power forward on a line together, and it's the perfect mishmash. That's kind of what it is with these three, right? Like they're, they 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 complement each other's skill sets extremely well, um, and you know Ehlers and Connor with their chemistry that's coming up here is great. But we we know too that Connor Dubois have great chemistry between oh. each other as well, right? Like from from the previous season, that that line was so good last year. And then you're basically swapping Evgeny Svechnikov for Nikolai Ehlers, <laughs> right? Like it, it may, may, yeah maybe I was just being a little bit too cautious on my optimism for this, um, because. This, this sets up to be one of the most dynamic trios in the entire NHL. I, I, don't, I honestly don't think it's hyperbole after two games to say that this group has the potential to be the best line, one of the best lines in hockey, a, a, top, a top five line in hockey, maybe even a top three line. Because some of the best lines out there, I mean, outside of the perfection line, obviously, but even they, they don't all three play together anymore um, as, as a trio out there in Boston. But usually there's kind of like a weak link or, or, you know what, somebody that might be better suited as a third line or that pops up on the top line to, to help even things out. It's really rare to have. Like, I don't know who the worst player is on that line. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, they're all to have three all-stars, even though they're not all going to make the team, but three all-star level talents all playing together as a line out there. I really think once they get going here, the Jets might find something special here. And by the time the playoffs roll around, I'm just not going to be shocked if the conversation starts to happen of just how high this line ranks across some of the best in the entire NHL. And the best part of that, too, Tice, is if, if this evolves into your second or your your top line and your second line involves a motivated and hungry Mark Shifley Who's on pace for 50 goals right now this season? That's that's the one-two punch down the middle, one-two-three punch even down the middle that a lot of teams are so desperate to acquire here. The fact that this line can be an elite of the elite lines, and Mark Scheifele becomes
0: second fiddle, it's 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 pretty damn hard not to get too jacked up about. Yeah, no, it's I it's just exciting times in Winnipeg. I don't think I've been. This excited for a Jets team since the Western Conference final run, of course. And this team's got, I, I mean, it's tough to look back because this team doesn't have quite the Dustin Bufflin element to this team, which is just impossible to find now. But man, this team is, I think this team could go toe to toe with that team 100%. That's an interesting one. Which, which, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have to think about that one. That's the only, th- yeah, I mean, this team's really good. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, throw any shade at, at that. But that team was like terrifyingly good. And like their the fourth line that year was, once the playoffs rolled around, was Brian Little, um, Matthew Perot, and Jack Roslovic. And then that was when Roslevic was, you know, had his head on straight. Uh, he I don't he, know if they're quite there, Tice. They might not quite yeah. be there yet, but they're pretty close. I'll give you that.
0: Looking at that, that's after the Paul Stassi trade too. I and mean, granted, they, this team, I think Morrissey's playing on a Norris. I mean, obviously he's playing at a Norris level this year. And Bufflin was playing close to a Norris level when he was with the team. I just don't know if they have those. Because Morrissey was like the third defenseman on that team. And then you add in Jacob, Jacob Truba, who was just a stud. And it's just, it, it is probably not there yet get back to us in a month
1: yeah that's it yeah yeah i would say not just yet but the similarities i think are that they both have high-end talent yeah like real high-end talent in each area of the ice um the key that chevy's gonna have to try to work on here and it'll be interesting to see how he does that is gonna be the depth because right now you can make the morrissey bufflin comparison but that jets team had truba morrissey and then the Finnish god of defense and in, in or Swedish god of defense in Toby Edstrom, right? Like they they were pretty deep on the back end. And like we said, they're pretty deep up front too. They they might be just a few pieces away from from making a run at that. But you know, I would say that Hellebuck is playing better hockey now than he was back in 2018 as well. So it's it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. Um the one thing they both certainly have in common though is that that sense of destiny right like the the, it's starting to kind of come about here that you know there's a few teams each and every year where it's oh this might be our year and it does feel like that's starting to creep into what's going on with the winnipeg jets right now so yeah it's (laughs) i mean five straight dubs obviously everybody's going to be happy and feeling good but these really should be exciting times and i said this back in 2018 and a lot of people kind of got upset at me um Back in 2018, I said, you know, as they went to the Western final, really savor and enjoy this because you don't know when it's going to happen again. It's it's really difficult to get that deep and to have a special team like that. And windows that look extremely open might be shut pretty quickly. And a lot of people just assumed with Line AE, all those people that this was going to be a five-year run. And obviously it hasn't turned out that way. But it does seem, although it took longer than a lot of us would have liked, it does seem like this team is getting back to that. Uh, we might have something special here. So let's just enjoy the run right now, right? Like, let's have fun for the next 43 games, 42 games, whatever it is, and then how long that playoff run goes. Um, obviously, there's a ton of potential change coming up for this organization th- this summer, let alone two summers from now. Um, but l- let's let's have some fun right now while it lasts. Um, I'll leave on a – instead of <laughs> – kind of going doom and gloom there for a second. The one thing that does intrigue me, Tyson, about Dubois, Connor, and Ehlers, not just the fact that they have the potential to be one of the best lines in hockey, which I I really think they do, but you kind of also wonder what this does for Pierre-Luc Dubois and his apparent desire to, to test free agency or to test a market outside of Winnipeg. You know, if he gets... I don't think he's ever going to get 22, 23 minutes a night with with Shifley here and the way Bones. I mean, the last game against Vancouver, leading ice Time Getter had seventeen fifty two, which is awesome, right? So he's, I mean, he's not going to get twenty two minutes a night, but if if he becomes the team's number one center and he's playing beside Connor and Ehlers, I highly doubt there's going to be a team out there that can offer him that level of talent out there on his wings. He starts to take on more of a Maybe not a leadership role, but more responsibilities. This slowly starts to be a little bit more his team than other players' teams. Do you, do you think there's any chance that playing beside these two might lead him, uh, when he talks to the agent, going, ah, maybe, maybe
0: Winnipeg winners aren't all that bad. Maybe, maybe I might want to give this a shot for another couple years. I mean, it's not going to hurt, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> It's definitely not going to hurt. And even... if the the nice thing about well I guess nice isn't the right word to use for this description but if Pierre-Luc Dubois was gonna leave then he was gonna leave like it wasn't because of the Jets having a bad season this year and him being like well I don't really know the direction this team's going and if he if he leaves Winnipeg just say this upcoming summer it's because he had already made up his mind but I I think that with with the situation that you're in here in Winnipeg right now and even let's say you want to go want to finish your career off in Montreal to sign a four or five year deal with Winnipeg for however much it is really bolster your points playing with Connor and Ealers, And then once that contracts up, if you want to go to Montreal, go for it. And you, and you can, you just padded your stats for the past five years, playing with two top level players. Go ahead at that point. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and what's interesting too, is like, I, I think the one year deal is off the table for him now. Yeah. like It would be insane for him to, it would be an insane risk to essentially bet the biggest payday of your career on, on trying to light it up again on a one-year contract when pretty much so many different things could possibly go wrong here. But you know, no matter what the jets are in a pretty good spot here, aren't they? Because if he lights it up and he likes it and signs here, well, hey, everybody's happy. You get a number one center for the majority of the prime of his career. Um, That, that can be the one two punch with Mark Shifley. If he does want out, you're going to get yourselves a hell of a bounty for him, right? Like, even, like, if it happened, if, if you set a deadline for this offseason, are, are you are you staying or are you going? Just let us know. I mean, to trade Dubois for a year and potentially more if that team then signs him to an extension, you're talking about completely restocking the cupboards. It could be a win-now trade. It could be a futures trade. But the Jets would put themselves in a really, really good spot here. So his, his hot play is... Look, it, it might suck if he wants out, but the Jets have put themselves in a pretty damn good spot here. That if they don't, if they don't get the number one center sign for a long time, they'll probably get enough assets to find themselves a new number one center. But I'm so excited to see what Dubois, Ehlers, and Connor does over the next handful of games here. Um, maybe, maybe more excited to see what they do against stiffer competition. Um, that's actually not coming up for a while for the Jets. So, I mean. Hey, maybe they'll rack up the points against teams that are well below them in the standings. They, they don't play a team that's in and around their point total um, for another 10 days, and that's Toronto. After that game against Toronto, you're talking about, oh man, we really need to scroll down, Seattle on, on Valentine's Day. The wow. schedule is juicy right now for the jets i mean they, they got two against the flyers so there's four points for you but but there there's a chance here for for that line and this team to, to really get into a groove here sucks that the uh the dallas stars
0: have decided that they're going to be playing 800 hockey two alongside the winnipeg jets but um even the blues now all was like what the heck i i didn't even realize that till the other day and that or till today and i, so I was like wait they're right behind Colorado now I was like what happened
1: yeah they, they, don't worry they've got they've got an eight game losing streak and a nine game winning streak coming up all, all at the same time so I'm, I'm not too worried about the St. Louis Blues but um, yeah every, everything's good right now in the city and uh, just just thinking about how high that Dubois Connor Ehlers line can go is pretty exciting uh, we'll see if they can keep it up in their next outing later this week against Mo Cider. Ben Sherrod and the Detroit Red Wings um, tomorrow night. And then, oh boy, the best player in hockey is going to be on tap for the Winnipeg Jets in their next game. You'll have to wait to see to find out who that might be that the Jets are going to go up against, which we'll get to in our next episode. Now, we have to talk about this, Tice, before we go. Uh, We mentioned it at the top there, but very, very fascinating story. Story might be a bit much. Rumor, tidbit of info, morsel, nugget, that sort of thing. It, it, it dominated the conversation on social media for for the Winnipeg Jets today, and then maybe even all of all of the hockey world. It was it was one of the biggest stories. Elliot Friedman came out with a a new thirty two thoughts podcast, and it's a pretty juicy one. And there's a lot to glean from it, I think. So we got to touch on that before we wrap things up, and we'll do that in just a sec. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's right, baby. The big time is here. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And your go to place for wild card action should be DK Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, where new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. That's right. Five bucks gets you two hundred and free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you get a free backup bet to $10. So, why are you betting anywhere else? You get 10 bucks no matter what. Even if you suck, like most of us do in betting, you get 10 bucks from DK easily. Um, some pretty big games this wild card weekend, Tice. Um, any upsets that you think might be brewing that you might throw a couple bucks on to get that 200?
0: I have a very controversial one, and I don't think anyone else is betting on them. I think everyone else thinks they're dead, but I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. Hey,
1: okay, not what I was expecting, but if you want to lose your mind and do that, <laughs> jump on Tyson's bandwagon and you can get somebody pick of the Ravens over the Bengals this weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. The Ravens over the Bengals.
0: I got a few, I got a weird feel. Especially, I mean, if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, throw that bet out the window. But if he does play, okay, okay, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He does play. I think I think he goes out there and he thinks, hey, if I ball out one more game and I can just get that fat fat contract after this, then it's full steam ahead for him.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna jump on on that with you. I, I what about you? What what's your? Upside? I might take the Giants over the Vikings.
0: That's an, that's another one I like too. That one,
1: and I might take the Bucks over the Cowboys. Ooh, home dog like Tom Brady, home dog. Uh, that's a, the Dallas is kind of they're starting to fall a little bit here, so we'll see. Might might be some upsets over there in the NFC. Um yeah, I think the Niners are going to take care of business though. I'm 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 a little, as, as Eagles fans, we're we're both pretty terrified of what the 49ers have to bring. But that's neither here nor there because we do have to get to this juicy, I guess rumor we'll call it. Although it's been substantiated by a number of different sources. So I guess it's a rumor technically, but I would say it's more along the lines of news to come ahead of the upcoming NHL trade deadline. But what it is is a familiar name in trade circles around the city has kind of popped up once again, but maybe legitly this time, and maybe the interest is going to be a little bit higher than it was before. Although it was pretty high from people I've been talking to about this in the past. But Elliot Friedman, I'll, I'll paraphrase mightily here, but Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast mentioned that it appears like Ivan Provorov's time in Philly is nearing an end for multiple reasons, and that a breakup is most likely to happen, likely sooner than later. And obviously many teams are going to be interested in this, but the first one that Frege brought up was the Winnipeg Jets, saying that the Winnipeg Jets would be one of those teams that would have some legitimate serious interest in potentially going after Ivan Provorov. And Will Tyson, we talked about going after a big fish making an elite splash at the trade deadline what before i get to to your thoughts on this and i i mean love to know what jets fans think about this news because this is a pretty big name out there um the cost would probably be pretty big as well before i get into whether or not i think provi ivan provrov should be somebody that the jets go after hard what i like about it is that they're going for a big splash, right? They're not settling for let's get a third pair of defenseman and a fourth line forward, and that'll help us on our cup run. There there seems to be an acknowledgement that let's try to shop a little bit higher up in the market here, even though the prices might be a bit steeper. Let's go after a big name and then see if we can parlay that into a, a deep playoff run. Maybe he can be the missing piece. For the Winnipeg Jets, a la Orion McDonough for Tampa Bay a few years ago. Um, so I that, that's what I like the most about this announcement, is that I personally feel like the Jets need to go after a high-end defenseman. Um, I would lean towards Chikrin, more so than Provorov, um, but I like that the Jets are, are kind of thinking in a similar mode here. Let's go after somebody that can supplement what Josh Morrissey is doing on the top pair right now. Yes or no? Should the Winnipeg Jets be making a run at Ivan Provorov,
0: Yes, but only if you well, don't that, get that was that
1: was the least confident <laughs> yes I've ever heard.
0: But sorry, continue. It was it's it's a yes if you don't get Jacob Chikrin. I, I in ah, my, okay, okay. My opinion, I think you go all in on Jacob Chikrin, but by the sounds of it, it does seem like Arizona has a pretty steep asking price on him. You're thinking talking multiple picks, multiple prospects. I think that. And that's the other thing about these uh, these rumors that we've heard so far about the Jets, too, is that it does seem like they're targeting a D-man, which I like. I do like that they are trying to bolster the back end, first and foremost. But I Ivan Proverov is a really interesting player these past couple of years, because the first couple of years of his career, you really saw that potential of being a number one defenseman, a guy who could play 25 minutes. I mean, he's still playing quite a few minutes now. Yeah, he but, plays, he just doesn't do it as well as he used to. Right, right. And... There's, there are some situational factors. I mean, he's gone through Hackstall as a head coach. He's gone through Elaine Vigno as a head coach. Mike O for a little bit as a head coach. Guys who you know they they've been around. <laughs> not not necessarily your cream of the crop for NHL cream of the crop for NHL coaches. I, I just for me bringing Pro Rob into a system with Rick Bonus too. I think would really really benefit his play overall. He's the player that likes to jump into the play. He likes to push the pace of play. The thing that's that's a little not underrated about his game, that an aspect of his game that people don't really know, Provov's not the greatest power play defenseman. He's not, he's not unbelievable when the puck's in their own zone and they have possession and he's kind of moving around, keeping the play alive. He's a guy who is, I'm going in, I'm attacking, give me the puck, I'm ripping a shot, and then I'm getting back. And I think that his style of play would fit in really well with Bones. And we've seen how Bones has really led a couple of the, of these defensemen or led them to a new level this season. And I think Pro Rob's in desperate need of a change of scenery. And I think Winnipeg would be one of the teams that has the highest likelihood of having him reach that potential that we saw earlier on in his career.
1: Yeah, I I would probably put myself in that same boat, in that I, I would I think Chiran should be the number one target it doesn't seem like the jets have any if if they do have interest it's been very under the radar and quiet so far um I, I would I would certainly lean more towards him as my as my number one target um assuming the Eric Carlson contract is completely unmovable um but but look I there's as always with these trades there's a few things it depends on one is going to be the price. And I, I, don't, I don't know what the price is going to be. I, I think it's... Look, I, I think if Jets fans think they can steal Provorov out of Philly, you're going to be sadly mistaken, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think he's going to garner a return that is probably more than the value that he brings on the ice. Um, I, I mentioned to you before we started, almost like a Seth Jones light type trade where the name and the reputation maybe precedes what he actually is able to do out there. So I, there, there's a little bit of concern for me in terms of what the Jets would have to give up to to get Ivan Provorov. But having said that too, I, I think he's probably best suited as either a two or a three. And I think if he's your high-end second pair defenseman, then your team's in a damn good spot. So that's where the intrigue kind of lies with me too, is that if, if you're one-two punch on the left side, is Morrissey and Provorov? That's pretty juicy. Like that that is. That is pretty good. That 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 part of it really really intrigues me. And and maybe the thing that gets me the most excited about it is what you mentioned there. and That's the Rick bonus factor. Because there has been a lot of instability with Provorov in Philly, both with coaches and with D partners. Like he's he's had a revolving door of both of them. I don't I don't I think it's proven now that he can't carry his own pairing. Um, doesn't mean he is not valuable, it just means that he needs a good, steady partner beside him. And maybe Brandon Dillon or Nate Schmidt could be his madness when when Provorov had his, his best season and, and let the Flyers to that run in the playoffs a few years ago. So I, I would be intrigued. I, I, would, I, I certainly wouldn't think it would be don't go after this guy the same way as, you know, maybe like a Joel Edmondson who's going to cost too much and would, you know, wouldn't be much of an improvement over what the Jets have right now. If you're going to go for a D man, go big and try to grab somebody that's, you know, either a top pair guy or a extremely elite second pair guy. And I I, I do think that's what I think with Rick Bonus's guidance that Provorov can recapture his game a little bit. And it, it's weird with defensemen too, right? Sometimes a change of scenery just completely reignites a guy and they become much more than they have been in the past. I think Hampus Lindholm is a great example where he looked done in Anaheim, goes to Boston, and he's a top pair guy with the Bruins right now. And then there's a, there's an example, of, there's a few other examples, obviously, of of defensemen that got their change of scenery and were able to turn it around pretty quickly. I, I think Provorov, with Bones guidance, would be one of those candidates, although it doesn't come with risk, a deal like this. And the other part is what what the asking price would be out of Philly. And that's where things get interesting, right, Tice? Because... The Jets would, in theory, have to move out a high-pieced salary guy on the back end. So would it be a Neil Pionk? Would it be a Dylan? A Schmidt? Like, it's going to have to be one of those three guys if you're looking to, to fit Ivan Provorov under the cap. And then if that's the case, it's it's going to cost you probably Vili hanela if we're, if we're being realistic, it's, or, or at least one of the Jets' high-end prospects, and then maybe a pick on top of that, too. And so I wonder how many people would be open to a deal that sees you give up that many assets for a guy who has a lot of potential
0: and talent but hasn't played to that level in a few seasons. That, that was It's interesting you bring up Neil Peon because I was thinking about that the other day too. I I have no idea what his value would be right now in an open market. I, re, I really don't. I, I mean, it's similar. I mean, we're bringing up another older Flyers defense, and, but I I think as these past couple seasons for him are a lot similar to Shane Goss' Bears. You know where he's you you know that he has the puck skills, but it's just it's just not working right now. It's the defensive game's lacking. You're not when you're an offensive defenseman and you're not putting up points, the spotlight shines that much more on you, and you start to re- and, and maybe that could be the pressure that's building on him, or maybe it's just like it's just not a fit here in Winnipeg anymore. So I I'm really interested to see what happens with Neil Pionk in these coming weeks too, because that's that's a trade that. When it happened, everyone was like, "Wow, we got Hainola and Pionk for Truba. Like, we're gonna be set." And now, all of a sudden, Pionk's regressed a little bit these past two years. So that I think that's gonna be a really interesting factor.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're able to move Pionk's contract for and and you know Provorov comes back in, that that might not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, you you all of a sudden then become pretty thin on the right side. Uh, you'd have, I think, five left shot defensemen and only one true righty on the back end there, which some people care about that, some people don't. Um, The one thing I do wonder, you're hearing a lot of whispers right now about Pionk playing injured, that he's not totally at full strength. If if that's the case, I don't know why the team isn't sitting him. Yeah. Because you have guys that can step, right? Like, I mean, what, whatever you think of Hainala, Hainala can jump in for Pionk if he needs a week or two off to, to rest some kind of ailment that he's got, right? You know what I mean? Totally. Like if, if he's hurt, I, I, I've I've always been a proponent of this. That NHL teams, this isn't a Jets problem; it's an NHL problem, really. That these guys play with these bumps and bruises, and nothing gets worse, and their play suffers, and it doesn't help anybody. But if you've got a replacement that can give you decent decent play in his stead, why why wouldn't the Jets be leaning towards that? that that's kind of a separate conversation right now, obviously. But, um. It is again interesting that it does seem like Chevy is looking a little bit more towards the uh, the defenseman market when it comes to uh, the upcoming trade deadline and uh, yeah, if you've uh, speaking to spoken to anybody in the know, um, this fascination or interest with Provorov has been a multi-year uh, situation for for Chevvellet up in the management. Um, and that's got to go back to his junior days, right? Like back to the junior days back when he was in Brandon obviously um you know Chevy probably had a pretty a pretty close eye on him able to watch a few games with him out there with the Wheaties um but I'll tell you what I from people that I trust and know there were a couple close calls with (laughs) the pro coming to to Winnipeg and some some pretty big deals there maybe involving a Finnish sniper maybe involving a, a Norris campaign defenseman right now I don't know but they there certainly has it's not for a lack of interest that um Provorov hasn't found himself in Winnipeg just yet, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the stop for him. Um, the nice thing too, you know, going after guys like Provorov and Chikrin is that yes, you're giving up big prices. You know, yes, you're doing so. It's going to cost you under contract, though. Able to get these guys for a few more seasons at the very least, so not not a rental price that you're paying for these guys. Um, you're able to keep them in the fold, and then if you need to re-sign them, you can do that sometime down the road. But um, pretty pretty juicy stuff, Tice. You know, we're still, I think, just under two months away from the deadline, but it's going to start heating up pretty soon. Um, The defensive sweepstakes are going to be very, very interesting with some high-end names. And like always, both with the team moving the guy and with the team acquiring him, do you try to wait it out to the deadline or do you maybe jump ahead of the market and get things done early? It'll be very fascinating to see how the Winnipeg Jets attack this, maybe with a high-end defensive target and then shop a little bit on the lower rung of the forward market to give this team a little bit of an offensive depth boost heading in to what hopefully will be a lengthy playoff run for the club. Um, but that's where we'll leave it with the trade talk, and that's where we'll leave it with today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening once again. We'll get back at it on Friday morning, breaking down a pair of road games for the Winnipeg Jets, the first of three straight. They take on the Red Wings in Detroit Wednesday. Followed by a matchup against the best player in the NHL. Do you know who that is, Tyson? Of course you do. Uh, Tage Thompson? Tage Thompson and the Buffalo Sabres. No, no more Connor McDavid. This is Tage Thompson's world now. Uh, but that'll be fun to see. I'll, I'm intrigued to watch that matchup. Buffalo is one of the more fun teams out of nowhere um, to watch in the NHL this season. So to see how the Jets stack up against maybe Eric Comrie, Tage Thompson, and the Buffalo Sabres should be a fun one to break down when we get back at it on Friday morning. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Thanks again to CJOB's Tyson Rowicki for joining me on this one. We'll get back at it on Friday, y'all. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. Peace.